I'm Jeremy Green. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we talk about comic books. We are currently in a run where we were doing a bunch of number one X-related books. We just got finished with the original number one. Now we're jumping to giant-sized X-Men, which relaunched the X-Men back in the 70s, where they started to regain popularity and became much, much more popular than they ever had been before. Um... I kind of love this comic. Like this is fun. Dude, yeah. This is really also, fun. Also real, real fun. Uh, the, the, what had, what had been going on with the X-Men was really crazy because like the X-Men now are, you know, how, like not a household name. It's like every house in America is constantly talking about X-Men. But if you say the X-Men, people know what you talk, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this wasn't true for a very long time. Uh, the sixties, it was kind of like an also ran in the sixties. And whenever uh, this comic came out after five years of no new X-Men stories with 30 issues of reprints, like if you liked X-Men, you would still go to the comic store and get an X-Men, but it would just be a reprint of an old X-Men comic, like X-Men 60 through 90 or something like that are old stories. It's really weird. Can you imagine um, us doing that for the podcast and just seeing if anybody knows this? <laughs> oh, well, we're, it's Eric the Red again. Um, fuck. Uh, it, it's just a really str- And they don't do that now. You know, now a reprint is clearly labeled mm-hmm. um, and it only happens for things of historical importance. It was just a very different culture where, like, I feel like you would go down to the comic shop and just get what was available. You know, this looks cool. And it doesn't really matter if it was an old comic because you didn't have a collector mindset. You just wanted to read a new story. You know, they weren't very serialized. Um, this, that kind of made more sense. And this is what breaks it out of it. This is the book that starts the team that Claremont would take and then shape the entire line and be responsible for its success. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't write this, I always get, you know, always mix that up in my head. It's like Len Wine. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, it's really yeah. strange that like, because I, I, I just associate Claremont so much with this era that like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. it's wild. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, we're talking with uh, Len Wein and Dave Cockrum, uh, the illustrator. Um, very house style for the time, but really well done uh, version of it. Um, you know, we talked about getting costumes in one in the last issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightcrawler and Colossus's costumes have barely changed uh, since this, you know, in the, the 45 years since this. And they still look good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel, Nightcrawler's costume was perfect out of the gate. I feel like both of them have a little calmer shoulder pads, though. I feel like those, those flares oh, don't yeah. go up a little, <laughs> and quite as high. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, they, they chilled. Yeah. Um, and I, like, you know, as a kid growing up in the 90s, or late 80s, early 90s, like, these were my X-Men. Like, right? Like, these mm-hmm. these were the guys. Like, I, this was the time that I was most into X-Men and it didn't start with this because I wasn't alive during this, but like it was these stories that really got me into the X-Men comics. So like it was wild. I remember like, remember like, like realizing like, Oh, Nightcrawler hasn't been here the whole time. Like I didn't, cause you know, I didn't ever go back to the sixties to read anything. Like there's plenty of shit for my 13 year old brain to read right now. So basically a totally different thing. Yeah. You know, they, they, it's almost like a, an entirely different line. Like this is an early, like soft reboot. You know, um, there have been attempts like uh, where like John Byrne did a series where it was supposed to close the gap. Like what happened between Giant Size X-Men number one and X-Men number 63 or whatever. Um, But in general, they just kind of ignored that time as they're coming out. It wasn't until the 90s that uh, X-Men The Hidden Years came out and started dealing with that stuff. So it was it was just a soft reboot. You're supposed to just kind of like look at these new characters and use the base characters as kind of a 
you know, like a template, mm-hmm. you know, just as, as a kind of like a point of reference. I like at the the very end of this, by the way, like they, they actually literally ask the question of what are we going to do with all these X-Men? <laughs> like, it's really yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one will quit. One will die. Another one will quit. And then also Defenders oh, and the next factor. Woo, defenders. Let's so, go. Uh, the yeah. second season <laughs> yeah. of Days of yeah. Future Past. Days of Future Cast. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, the original Defenders. Um, so we got, uh, you know, our big, very famous cover and splash page, mm-hmm. which is the new team running away from the old team, either uh, bursting out of the page or their smoke demons yep. uh, in the background. And uh, the beginning of this is them uh, setting up the cast. It's Professor Xavier going and recruiting all these mutants. And I, I feel like um, you and I don't really need to go through this kind of panel by panel like we usually do because it's ev- oh, not at all. everybody knows the story. Like this is Nightcrawler. He's being chased by some some mean humans. Xavier shows up and is like, hey, not everybody's like this. Like, why don't you come with me? You're, you're actually a mutant. And, you know, I mean, we get a lot of I think this is all really good. Like, don't don't mistake me just trying to kind mm-hmm. of breezing past it for me not liking it or anything because it's perfectly set up like I, it's four pages of it, uh, nightcrawler shit and i'm into it like it it tells you everything you need to know about nightcrawler almost ex- like completely um and it's yeah really good it is except that he can teleport like he he dives into a bunch of people and gets overwhelmed um but we do get his theming which is that he looks like a demon but he's actually a really Does good he? dude it's a more direct metaphor he doesn't actually teleport you know? in this you're absolutely right i brought my own knowledge yeah. to this didn't i <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> he immediately jumps into he crowd surfs on all the villagers with torches and it's up to professor xavier to stop him um next we have the introduction of wolverine uh everybody knows this doki doki fact this is not actually the first appearance of wolverine he fought the hulk um, and then they rolled him into the X-Men. He wasn't originally meant, it was originally meant to be a mutant actual Wolverine mm. that turned into a human. Uh, <laughs> but this is, this is just incredible. Uh, here he is at Weapon X, um, Professor Xavier coming to recruit him from Canada and basically just, uh, saying like, Hey, if you come with me, you'll be a free agent, mm-hmm. uh, quit the military. And he goes, yep. Okay. <laughs> does it. And then, like, when the yeah. when the military guy is like, you can't do that. We've invested millions of dollars. And he's like, it's a free country. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it, that's not how any of this works. But sure, <laughs> you've got metal claws and yellow yeah. spandex. Let's go. Yeah, you just cut off my tie. Uh, really good characterization, though, right out the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, again, uh, getting short shrift is Banshee. Uh, he had been a villain, you know, in the old X-Men comics. Um, he gets a two-panel introduction where he's at the Grand Old Opry. Uh, which got me a big laugh. Well, I, I think um, it, one panel is the Grand Ole Opry, and the next panel is his, quote, shabby quarters. This <laughs> <laughs> book brutally roast Banshee. Dude, I mean, like, and, and he doesn't get a lot to do with this either, so, like, it, somebody had it out for Banshee during this. Um, yeah. Then we run over to Africa, um, where Storm is uh, being a weather goddess, and um, it's kind of wild to me that like she makes the people come ask to fix the drought. Like, yeah, you can't be proactive about the this, drought dog. Like, <laughs> well, this characterization of storm as like arrogant and like professor Xavier showing up and being like, listen, you know, you're not a goddess. Like you have powers, but you're living a fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yeah. You know, that's like, it feels like an angle that was largely dropped with the character mm-hmm. and would have been a really cool starting point or not. I'm not saying there are no stories that deal with that, but mm-hmm. Uh, um, then it's off to Japan where we, we meet Sunfire, um, who is yep. extremely arrogant and, uh, just is basically constantly yelling. If they ever cast uh, Sunfire in the modern God. MCU, can it just be Jason Manzukas? 
Like I know, I know, the, <laughs> I, I know the, I know he's not an Asian guy. Whitewash Sunfire. I'm, I'm trying to whitewash Sunfire, but I just like, oh, let's let me take that back. Not with Jason Manzukis. I want Jason Manzukis energy, right? Like I want that dude. Yes. I want that kind of like yelling, screaming, which I don't actually like that much. Like I feel like that dude ruins the, my favorite TV shows a lot of times. But yeah, you're not into Manzukis. I'm not. Um, but I, I want that. I just want him to show up in the MCU and yell at something and then die. <laughs> That's what I want for Jason Sun, Sunfire in this is so funny because he, he agrees to come with Professor X and then just complains and screams about it the entire time. The whole time, And then dog. he quits the next issue. Like, uh, just absolutely incredible stuff. So good. <laughs> what a weird jerk. Um, we get uh, Colossus's origin, which is classic. Uh, he's on a, it's, it's Soviet Russia uh, in Siberia in doing a, a farm, doing a collective farm. And uh, has to save his sister from a tractor by Colossusing up. Um, what a cool image, you know, Colossus is. Like, what a cool, like, the way he looks when he's powered up. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, you know. I always really, loved really the weird, cool. uh, like, purple and white energy thing that happens when he transforms, too. Like, I've always been, yeah. like, I want to, like, like the idea of what that looks like in, in motion is really interesting to me. Um, yeah, he's going to save uh, everybody's favorite sister, Ileana. Um Il- Eliana. Um and yeah. Great, wonderful line where Professor Xavier tells him he's a mutant. He says, You want me to go with you to America, but if I possess such power, doesn't it belong to the state? It's <laughs> a really good line. <laughs> good, uh, good theory. I um uh, I Colossus. I also Colossus like theory. I also like when he goes to his dad and his dad is like you need to do what your heart tells you. And he's like, well, my heart tells me to stay, but my conscience is telling me to leave. And then he's like, well, then you need to leave. That's what your conscience is saying. Like the dad is like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) My son, we never thought to that. Those are basically the same thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) We should have mentioned this before now, my son. Also, like it must cost a fortune to feed Colossus to keep that body weight up. You know what I'm saying? He eats the entire farm. Yeah, There's no protein shakes in Russia. He just farms for himself. (laughs) Instead of having a plow, they just have him walk through and eat the corn. (laughs) just farming for himself. <laughs> 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 That's fucking awesome. <laughs> just, I just plan enough for me and my son Colossus, and that's it. That's all we can afford to plan and every it's year. It's a huge collective farm. <laughs> like, just. <laughs> that's what communist is communism is <laughs> everybody farming for colossus is colossism everyone <laughs> collective colossus oh that's funny um uh we get uh the our introduction to john proudstar here i keep wanting to call him james proudstar his brother because mm-hmm. he you know he was around uh more often um and he's you know he's talking about how he's uh disappointed in the apache uh, he's an, uh, he's a, a native. He's indigenous. Uh, he's disappointing the Apache because they uh, are no longer warriors, yeah. and he still is. And he ruffles a buffalo. Um, Xavier shows up and is like, "Hey, yo, we need you." And he's like, "You, you can stuff a cactus, Custer." And I think yeah. that's a really good line, <laughs> Custer. Custer. Uh, um, I love it. And then Xavier wins him over by basically insulting his entire heritage and being like, "Oh, you're a coward." Okay, I guess all Apaches are cowards. And he's like, "Fuck you! What do you need me to do?" <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. I'm your servant now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a different. You can see Xavier has evolved since. Like, you will join me in 15 seconds. No excuses. Yeah. which is how he would have done it. In the 60s. I guess losing your entire team to a man-eating island would probably do that for you. 
two teams yeah that's true um as we'll learn uh so we move on to him introduce they all have their outfits on they're really into it uh we reveal that they're made of unstable molecules so that's why they fit perfectly mm-hmm. thank you reed richards uh, yeah. for uh designing mm-hmm. such a fabric that it can just go to any superhero ever love it yeah i would love to just own that as well i guess that's basically me on these and sunfire immediately tries to quit uh which i love because <laughs> he didn't have to come here and put on the outfit yeah man. Like, <laughs> Um, we were also introduced to Cyclops, um, who is mm-hmm. way more muscled up now than he was back in the sixties. Um, oh yeah. And, and yeah. he's basically just saying like, Hey, uh, I'm going to fill you in all these details. Uh, we, we did this whole situation. We, we, we found this weird mutant signal. We flew out there. We got there. Um, and like some bad shit happened. I woke up. I have no memory and I don't know what else is going on. Like I, I, I just woke up on a plane headed back here. Um, but yeah. but everybody else, uh, which is Iceman, Polaris, Jean Grey, and Havoc, are are back on the on the island, and we need to save them. Yeah, good. It's good not to mention Angel because he basically doesn't count. Did I during this period? Did I do there. the? Th- I did. I did. I did the thing, yep. didn't I? Sorry about That's that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Be- no, no, it's good that you didn't. And and Beast isn't there because he graduated. Uh, which is which is strange. I think he's an Avenger at this point. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, so they, it's basically they found Krakoa. They found this uh, this island. It had a huge mutant signature. They thought that the the uh, island had a mutant on it. And after you know Cyclops got knocked out, he lost his powers and he was sent back. Mm-hmm. You know, the something controlled the ship to send him back. Um, and while he was retraining to use his powers, which are now more powerful than ever, uh, he that's when Professor Xavier went and did this globe trotting adventure to do like this multinational team of the X Men. Yeah, there's um. I always like it when Cyclops loses control of his powers and he puts his hand over it, and they're like it's like the optic beams are just shooting from his fingers, like it's like a high yeah. pressure hose or something. It's very funny to me. Yeah, I was about to say like holding a hose. Yeah, yeah. Um, um Sunfire tries to quit again. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> you have to go back to Krakoa, not I. <laughs> and Cyclops is shocked by this, and I just again like you. You went. You went on a flight from Japan. Yeah. Lately, like a 17 hour flight my man like why did you do this i love i love uh, the line where cyclops is like i don't understand we offer you a chance to help your fellow mutants and you don't and he's like i don't even <laughs> like my fellow mutants man like get the fuck out of here it's hilarious I'm like shit yeah <laughs> the, the uh no, nobody's getting along you know and that's kind of the what they're trying to establish here mm-hmm. uh he leaves and quits and later catches up with the plane um and he basically uh does it because he doesn't want anyone to uh you know, think that he's, he's a coward. He doesn't tell the reasons, but he's doing it for pride yeah. reasons. Um, him and, and, and Proudstar like did need to, to leave because they both basically have Wolverine personalities in this, mm-hmm. you know, like grumpy and not into it. And it, it doesn't make sense for them all to be on the team. Yeah. Too many grumps. Yeah. Way too many grumps. Like that, uh, like that YouTube channel that I never watch about the gamers who are grumpy. Too, yeah, ma- too many grumps. Happy. Yeah, not happy gamers. Yeah, um, Cyclops puts them into teams to go check out the different areas of the island. Um, you know, so we have Colossus and Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Banshee and Wolverine, and we got like Banshee again, just happy to be there. It's uh, um, a pleasure to be working with you, laddie. <laughs> his his smile is because uh, it's funny, like everybody else is carrying people by their hands using their hands but banshee is like hold on to my feet i'm out of here 
<laughs> the, the giant smile on his face as he's screeching his way through the air is extremely funny to me. Really good. Uh, some fire gets stuck with Nightcrawler and says, "No, not him." And it's like we haven't talked to each other, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I don't have a personality yet. <laughs> yeah, where is this coming from? Uh, they all head off to fight island monsters, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, and, and Cyclops is going to be a proud star. Yeah, um, and they're they're fighting because Proud Star is a proud jerk. Yep. Um, um, and they're all going to a temple that just magically appeared. Uh, so we've got yeah. proud star and Cyclops fighting off some vines. Um, mm-hmm. and then they get there. Um, and of course Cyclops is like, I wonder how the other ones are doing. So we flash over to, uh, Cyclops, excuse me, Colossus and storm who are fighting, uh, like rocks with sentience, I guess. Like, yes. Okay. Sentient rocks. <laughs> sentient rocks. Uh, at one point Colossus speaks Russian. It's really confusing, uh, but it's great. Um, the rocks are chasing them, and they uh, they handily deal with them. Uh, the best of the bunch is Wolverine and Banshee get to fight giant lobsters. Yeah. Uh, which I love. They took a detour uh, <laughs> into Dark Souls 3, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, this is, it's just so cool. Uh, the welcoming committee, Irish, a handshake from them can be fatal. Perfect. <laughs> it's a giant lobster, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I understand what you're saying. They got claws, but. Yeah, we could just pull um, their tail off and then have some dinner, man. Like, that's what I'm yeah, all about. Like, like, we eat these things. Uh, and then Nightcrawler and Sunfire are fighting gigantic golden birds. Yes. Um, uh, and Sunfire is and is like, I guess, trying to prove how much better he is than, than Nightcrawler during all of this, which is very yeah. strange. Um, not strange at all for Sunfire, to be honest with you, but just weird. Um, and, and then and here's where Nightcrawler teleports for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And then we get all to the temple. And they have to combine their powers to break open a concrete wall. Yeah, kind of boring. Um, they get in, all of the X-Men are being hung up in this kind of very creepy, like, vine thing where these vines are leeching life out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks neat. Yeah, I like this a lot. To me. Um, they start cutting them down, and Angel reveals the twist here. He's like, why did you come back? It wanted you to come back with others because now we're all trapped. Like, this is all basically uh, bait. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out there's not a mutant on the island. The mutant is the island. What a good twist. And it feeds off of other mutants. What yeah, a, what a good a, twist. It's a, it's a good twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real weird how they deal with it. Um, we, the end of this comic is a lot of them fighting Krakoa, the island that walks like a man, until eventually they combine their powers to shoot it into space. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's real weird. It's extremely strange. Um, it it kind of feels like just on a basic physics level, none of this would, would work. But I don't also like bringing physics to an X-Men comic in the 1970s. Like, I felt like I'm just putting on the Joker mask at that point. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, like, as a concept, I really dig this because we have a lot of, like, individual fights that nothing is working. And then Xavier is kind of behind the scenes, like, figuring out a strategy and then telepathically telling people what to do to make that strategy happen. And, like, as a as a team-based book, right? Like, we always talk about in the video games, we want to see the characters join up and use their powers in interesting ways. And the same thing here. Like, this is... I think this is kind of cool, that, that what they do. Even if it you look at it like... Well, that would destroy the world or not work like the one not any, yeah. not anything in between um so it's i don't know I, I dig this i dig this a lot i i, I like the idea of it a lot mm-hmm. i i kind of wish that the uh the panels are very crowded to have really good action mm-hmm. in them like i really like uh john Co- or uh, uh cockrum david cockrum's art uh quite a bit um but the uh it is very crowded 
You know, we don't get a lot. It's like raining. A lot of the panels are very close up on the characters, so mm-hmm. we don't get to see a sense of scale very well. Um, I feel like this action scene could be better. Like, I like what's happening in it, but I wish it was looked cooler. Yeah. I guess there is the there is the one panel um, on page thirty two where like it's you know three quarters of the page maybe, and they're all using their powers on Krakoa, and it looks like dope as hell. And I wish we had more of that stuff. Um, yeah. but a lot, like even on that page, like underneath that is four individual pain, p- panels with nothing but text all over them. So, yeah, very, uh, very texty. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting a little bit of Cyclops versus Havoc stuff. And then we're getting a little bit of the subplot of Iceman, uh, having a crush on Lorna Dane. Uh, here, this is all stuff that would carry out Dude, the X-Men. A crush is one thing, but uh, he straight up said like, you know, I'm, I, I'll show her, show her I'm what a real, real man. man is. And I'm like, yo, you need to dial the fuck down, Bobby Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it's true yeah um the uh they shoot him into space yes. using a combination of all of their powers and then right away on a havoc and cyclops powered ice flow uh which they use uh to jet themselves away um there's a whirl- whirlpool that shows up uh for no particularly like great reason well i mean they they uh, emptied the part of the ocean like that's the water oh, no i guess that's true yeah the water it shows up for a very explicit reason gary <laughs> they put an island I, I in space I, <laughs> I, i'm land bridge I, I guess i mean in terms in terms of uh pacing like it really feels like them shooting the monster into space could have been the climax oh absolutely we have to have yeah, a little bit yeah. of extra action uh uh so you, you, know. you meant more of a um from a story perspective and not from a makes sense perspective even though you use, yeah. you use the, the word physics is impeccable yeah the physics is yeah. right on the money just yeah. want to make sure that everybody knows that the physics is right on the money absolutely impeccable um and then as they're floating on this ice floe in the ocean waiting for professor xavier to guide them a rescue boat uh they, they do that line as you mentioned what are we going to do with this many x-men mm-hmm. um yeah and it, it is uh this is fun to read and important it's not to me this is out of the three things we're reading this was the the thing that's least enjoyable uh to me like i like these characters a lot but it's not uh it's not so out there you know and I, i'm not as nostalgic it's, it's for an it. island that walks it. like a man what do you mean it's not out there uh, what are you talking about I, i'm not i'm not doing a good job of expressing myself <laughs> not out there in the way like where you have weird shit like professor xavier giving everybody countdowns to yeah, to tardiness yeah. and stuff it's not it's not as dumb gotcha okay the, you know, the better way to put it it's not as dumb so it, it's it's not as funny to me in that respect yeah 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 i um i i really enjoyed this like this i think the it's 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 i think some of it is pretty dumb like but sunfire being a through line throughout all of this um the the twist of kirkoa is still obviously it doesn't still work but like it, it still works right like i feel like it's a mm-hmm. really fun and interesting thing like oh it was bait and now i get to stand up and you have to fight me as an island and then they shoot him to space which is the dumbest shit ever and i I, yeah i I really enjoyed reading this and i I didn't like uh like we're gonna get to in the 90s i didn't want to keep reading this though uh, because i have actually read some of this straight from you know more Mm -hmm. recently and i was like i know what happens for a while and i'm good (laughs) i don't need to know any about this yeah the uh the the issue after this i covered uh talked about this for the my marvelous year podcast mm-hmm. uh which was really fun the issue of this where they count they fight count nefaria and proud star dies is pretty underwhelming oh interesting uh you know for for like a next in this issue an x-men dies uh it's it's pretty lame so 
it's it's not until a little bit later that like the golden age kind of starts and just to shout out my marvelous year i will be guesting on that podcast soon covering some oh that's great covering some yeah. some cool x-men stuff so sweet yeah it's a good podcast yeah. uh it was really fun to do and i hope to come back yeah. the last time i got offered to to guest on it it was like i didn't have time yeah. in my schedule so but it is fun um uh thank, thanks everybody for listening yeah if you want to support the show uh tell your friends about it um tell get all of your make your dad listen to the podcast he probably read x-men comic oh, yeah. books because you're all 20 now dad. like that's our audience is yeah. 20 year olds um but yeah tell your tell your friends uh leave reviews and ratings on itunes and other services uh you can support us directly at patreon at patreon.com slash duckfeed tv um, that gets you all kinds of c- cool binnies as you TikTok people like mm-hmm. to say uh you get exclusive content access to the slack channel and episodes of this podcast early so it's it's, it's yes. extremely dope gary it is uh, i think it is a good value yes in terms of patreons mm-hmm. personally um and uh you know support your boys and uh we'll see you next time later y'all